blessed Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I, I'm glad all of you had mothers who brought you into the world so you could be here this morning. And um, really, the only reason you didn't die as a child was your mom. So I've, I've sent that card idea into Hallmark a couple of times, and they just won't take it. Uh, thanks for not letting let me not die, Mom. Um, so that was that's an awful way to say Happy Mother's Day, and to you, I'm not. Well, it, no one turned two. Yes, uh, on Friday, and we had a party on uh, Saturday, and it just maybe remember reminded me of um, way back when we started this whole family thing. Uh, back in 2008, we were uh, we were in Walmart, and uh, <laughs> and Rachel was pregnant, and. I do disapprove of you. <laughs> I know. Okay, so we were, Rachel was, Rachel was nine months pregnant. Like, like, get this baby out of me pregnant. And I was wheeling her through Walmart on a dolly, and <laughs> we, we had, which she approved that joke, by the way. I ran that one by her. And we were, we were in Walmart, and this woman who had three or four kids with her uh, approached us. We were in the, the, the baby section getting last-minute things, and this woman approached us and said, uh, when are you due? And the, the actual answer was like two days ago. And the lady said, well, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> She said, because once, she expounded, because once they get here, it's awful. <laughs> Just like, like a, a soothsayer of doom coming to us in Walmart and saying, the, the, the thing you're waiting for will be the worst thing that has ever happened to you. I'm, glad, I'm so glad she was wrong, you know? Because it's been fantastic. And I, I, think, I think one of the mistakes that I make, and maybe, maybe you make this occasionally too, is uh, I'll get so caught up in what has happened or what is going to happen that I have a hard time enjoying what is happening. So, so you, at the moment, you're watching your child play on a trampoline. You, you don't have a to-do list. You just have a child who's jumping on a trampoline. Again, if you can just enjoy that, if you can just experience it and be present with it, then, you, then you're doing your child a favor by being there with them. A lot of times we can be elsewhere, and it's not just in our phones, which that, that's a problem too. Yeah remixing the sermon. Uh, it's not just, that, that's not, I mean, of course, obviously, staring at your phone instead of your child is a problem. 
But a lot of times we're staring at the past. We're staring at the future. People with their kids in the room will say, oh man, I wish they were two still. Or I wish they were a little baby still. Like the kid wants to go, mom, dad, I'm here. Like I'm right here. And I'm four. I'm right here and I'm seven. I'm right here and I'm existing right now. And a lot of times we can spend our lives wishing for what is to come or wishing for what was or dreading what was to come or regretting what was and we don't actually experience what is. And it's those, those type of people. Have you ever met somebody who's just present with you? Who's just there with you? While you're talking, while you're interacting, you're just, they're there. And some, some people are more here than other people are. And those people are amazing to be around. I want to be more like that as a dad. I want to be more like that as um, a son. And just as a, a human being. To be present in the moment. To not be thinking about what I've got to do or what I haven't done or what. But there's people in front of me and I should pay attention to these people. I have, um, I struggle with this in Christianity a little bit because the way we sometimes view Christianity is, um, and we even sing songs like it, like, today ain't nothing, there's a day a coming. And so we've got this, we, we, we're, we're projecting off into the future. There is a day. And so I will ignore, like it's almost as if we're ignoring today and so that we can see the day to come. We can experience the day to come. Today doesn't matter. Well, yes, today matters. You have friends and loved ones and church family and actual family who exist around you and today matters. And a lot of times we think that today sort of affects that day. But the way we should flip it is that day should affect today. I should be all in with today. I should be, like, my, my, the things I do on this day aren't affecting my final destination as much as Jesus affected my final destination. Jesus took me, and, a, and I would, because of Jesus, I am now a son. You are now a son or a daughter of God. Because of Jesus. Something he did long before you were ever born secured us there. His actions are salvation of course we respond to those of course we accept those of course we come we enter into a relationship with jesus but it's entering into that relationship with jesus once we do that it's, Je it's jesus that saves us and you can get real caught up in like well if what if i mess up today i messed up today oh no how's the how's the future look now and I deal, I deal with this with, I, we have a lot of young Christians, not like we do have a lot of young Christians age-wise, but just Christians-wise. I haven't been living Christianity for a while. It hasn't been happening long, and they'll say, well, today I, 
I swore, and I'll slap them. Not really. You're like, well, that's not going to happen. It's going to happen occasionally. Your old life is going to seep into your new life. It's not a hard line. It's this blurry line. And we all know that instinctively. Let's say that you grew up uh, and really didn't have like a church home. You didn't really follow Jesus. You just did what you did. And then you went to college and then you realized, I get to do whatever I want. And so you did whatever you want. And it wasn't until about 23, 24 that you realized doing whatever I want is an awful idea. So you want to follow something. So you get into a cult called CrossFit. And you have... I'm just kidding. The, you, get in, you get into like... You, you decide to do... And you, you have a purpose. And that purpose doesn't fulfill you. And so 26, 27, you decide... You just one day wake up and decide, I'm, I guess I'll, I'll go to church. And you just pick one. And that day, the worship... Um, really affected you, the music moved you. Now, here, it could be either, really. I mean, it could be acapella music or sinful music, but it could be, that's a joke, just a joke. But it moved you, the sermon moved you, and you thought, I want to follow that Jesus. I want to follow that guy. I want Jesus to be my king. And that sort of, that, that, that new commitment now, changes you at 28 you're trying to change 28 years worth of living for a new life and that that's going to be hard to do and all of us would look at that story and say that person is going to be a better christian a more consistent christian a more loving and forgiving and grace-filled christian 30 years from now when they're 58 than they are when they're 28. We would all obviously say, yes, that person's going to be better 30 years from now. But are they more saved? Absolutely not. So they've improved because of their adoption. Not so that they can be adopted. They've improved because of their salvation. Not so that they can achieve something. So, their future, their salvation is affecting their today instead of their today affecting their salvation. That's the way the Christian life is and should be ordered. And then we run into this scripture. In Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I was always, when I was growing up, that, that verse was read like more harshly. Like with the hand of condemnation like this. And so, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. I never heard this part. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good 
Sometimes this verse has been used to say that you need to work for your salvation. And I, I don't see it. What I see is work out your salvation. Who, to whom does the salvation belong? To me. the same principle. Our salvation affects how we live now. He's writing to Christians here. He's writing to people who have followed Jesus, who have who proclaim that Jesus is king and he says, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." With fear and trembling essentially means because that matters. Because the way you live out the way Jesus saved you matters to the world. It matters to your church. It matters to your relationships. How you let what will happen on that day affect this day matters. And it should be taken very seriously. Not in a scared way of I hope I don't mess up. But this is important has your kid ever brought you a toy that um that it's not one of your favorite toys for that just like it's one of those ones that they get out realize it's not that fun and just leave in the floor they bring it to you and like it's broke can you fix it and you're like in your head you say well of course i can because i'm a man and then but what you actually do is lie to them because that's the best tool in a parent's arsenal. You say, no, I can't fix it. We need to throw it away. And you throw it away. As you should. Because it, you're just, I don't care about that. But when <laughs> the day Clara shoved something into the CD-ROM version of our Macintosh computer, the little, the, just the little slot she shoved something in there. The day I took suction cups and put it on the screen and lifted the screen off and reached in and removed the bolts of the, that are securing the mainframe there and pulled that thing out, I was dripping with sweat. That's serious stuff. Fixing that matters. Take it seriously. I fixed that computer with fear and trembling. Not because it was going to murder me if I didn't. Not because it was going to condemn me if I didn't. Because it was so important that I did it well. Because I valued the thing I was serving Work out your, you have a salvation. Work from it. Work it out. Also, I'd like to add, and we've harped on this too much in Philippians, but I would like to add, these are all plural yous. Work out y'all's salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in y'all to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Verse 14 says, do everything. This is how you do it. Work out your salvation. 
you know what? You know what we would like? What we would like for what we would like right now is that he would say, Do everything the way you've been doing it because your traditions are good. We would love, love for Paul, or even like some of us would say, um, make a like make a tweak here or there, like um, you know, sing newer songs or whatever. The do like a tweak. But really keep it quasi the same. We want something, we want Paul to tell us something about how we worship and how we order things because those things are actually easier to do. But no, he says, um, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. The way we show ourselves to the world that we are Christians is that we live in a moment without grumbling and arguing, being affected by the salvation that Jesus brought to us and will bring to us on that day. Wait. You mean like arguing or grumbling about silly things? We can argue about, we can argue or grumble about important things. I think Paul means everything when he says everything. Do everything without arguing or grumbling. Do everything without arguing or grumbling. So, yeah. Do everything. That was just awesome. Do everything without arguing or grumbling, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like stars in the sky. You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on that day. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. There is a spirit that Paul asks of the Philippian people, Philippian Christians, is if you want to stand out in the world, it is not, we, we would love, I think we'd love for it to be something easy. Like if we could just refrain from something. Do you know how easy it is to not get a tattoo? Real easy. I'm barely trying. Really, really. And so people like people will make that like, well, you know, Christians don't get tattoos. Christians wear khaki pants. Christians, so like, well, we have this list of stuff that's sort of silly. But we'll... We'll grumble and argue all day, every day. It is ridiculous. The number of adults just in Howard County who have long-standing beefs with each other. Grow up. Stop it. 
And if you've got a lot of them, guess whose problem that is? We are called to something bigger than just ourselves. We are called to follow this Jesus who saved us and that day is affecting this day. And if I'm in this moment I, because, and I'm seeing this moment through the lens of our salvation, then I'm going to love people enough to hear them. I'm going to love people enough to let them start over. I'm going to love people enough to, to listen and, and be present with them. But all, if you let your, your own frustrations with somebody and you, you only see them through their worst moment, that's A, not fair to them, B, not fair um, to you, because you're going to start to think of yourself more highly than you ought. And scripture isn't very keen on those types either. We are called to live out that day today. And when we live out that day today, it looks different than the way everybody else is living today. We are more present. We will think that people matter. And we will genuinely love people more than we love ourselves. Or like we love ourselves. We will put others' needs above our own, like we talked about last week. And we will do so without grumbling or arguing. That one's going to be hard for us. It's going to be hard for me. It's going to be hard for you. We are just a bunch of grumblers, and it is election season, and man, grumbling and arguing is fun. But the opposite of grumbling and arguing is listening and rejoicing. And we are called to that sort of life. If you grumble and argue just like with along with everyone else, you will shine like nothing. But if you listen and rejoice, you will shine like stars among them. And they will know you are Christians. They will know you follow Jesus. Because that day is affecting this day. If you need that day to affect this day, you're going to get on board with Jesus. That's just the way it happens. Connect with Jesus. Be present. Uh, Jesus, Jesus came to redeem you. Be uh, uh, connected with him in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism. Proclaiming in front of this congregation your faith, your confession of faith. Repenting and living a life that is different being guided by the Spirit of God, and being the kingdom of God in the colony of the world. If you want to live that life starting now or correct that life, I have to pray for you today.
please come forward while we stand and pray.